Creativity alone just won't cut it. The C Word is a podcast about when creative meets business. You're in a place for designers who want a creative business in which they're valued. Great client relationships, work to be proud of, and the moolah to show for it. All with your sanity and creative mojo intact. Join me, Beck Hughes, your creative business cheer squad, for weekly chats to inspire and spur you into action. Let's challenge the BS, the shoulds, the fads and the FOMO and find what works for you. Being a design business isn't simple, but it doesn't have to be complicated either. My word for 2024 isn't simplify, but I feel like it should be. I'm trying so hard to make everything, not just in business, but in life in general, actually, as simple as it can be this year. This particular episode of the C Word Podcast, welcome, hello, thank you for joining me, has been sparked by the last few months of 2023 and the opening week of this year as well, because that's where I am right now. I feel like there is an abundance of information flying around. I'm also not naive to the fact that I add to that information, but I suppose that's why I am sharing this episode, because I do want to try and simplify things a bit more. There's so much that we should be doing and concerning ourselves with, and the basic honest truth is it's overwhelming. I find it overwhelming. I feel like there are so many things that I need to be doing, and sometimes I actually don't know where to start. I am craving simplicity, which makes me think maybe you are too. So I put my thinking cap on and I pulled out what I think are the four simplest premises for good business, for a solid business that has growth more specifically. These for me, the things that I want to talk about today are the overarching things that you should, in inverted commas, focus on. The details of how you choose to implement it, how to make it work for you, is up to you. But I feel like there should be actions or intentions in your business that support these four key things. Want to know what they are? Well, you're in luck. (laughs) Stick around for the next 20 minutes or so and I'll share my thoughts. What are they? What are the four things? Like I said, business isn't simple in the sense that it doesn't require thought, that it doesn't require effort, that it's a one and done, but it isn't necessarily complicated. Now, before I talk about these four hopefully uncomplicated premises, I will say that the things that I want to talk about, they're not it forever. There are other things to consider in business. There's pricing, systems, legal protection and parameters, outsourcing maybe, there's your marketing assets, funnels, processes, templates, all the things, right? That's what everyone in their various guises are talking about. It doesn't mean to say that you won't probably need to get to those things at some point. Most importantly, you will need to protect yourself. If you're taking on clients, make sure that you have a solid process for getting paid and you have defendable 
terms and conditions. What I mean by that is they are clear, they're specific, they're relevant to you and your client can understand them, has seen them and has formally accepted them. That's just a box you need to tick. When it's done, it's done. The things I want to talk about are where your consistent energy should go day in, day out. Particularly, like I said, if things are feeling a bit overwhelming and you're not sure where to start, this is where I think you should put your energy before you worry about all the other whistles and bells that I've talked about. Like I said, they will become relevant at some point, but if you're struggling at this point to know where to start, where to put your energy, which I think is often a start of the year kind of feeling, then this podcast is for you. So the four things are, and I'm going to dive into them in a bit more detail, they are a big fish offer, visible value, conscious connection, and a repeatable experience. They're the four things that your gorgeous energy should be going into before you worry about too much else with the exception of protecting yourself and your business. That's a one and done, get that box ticked. So the big fish offer. Having a big fish offer is the same as having a niche. There, I said it. I said niche, cringe. The misconception is this is a target audience or an ideal client. You know, I work with female heart-led business owners, for example. But that's not a big fish niche. That's a target audience. And even then, is it really a target audience? Do you really want to work with anyone and everyone that fits into that mold? Probably not. But anyway, that's a separate, that is a separate podcast. Niche is a tricksy one. And it's definitely something that people resist. It feels scary to narrow your pool of potential clients down into you know, a more finite group. But it really does have so many benefits. Most notably, it positions you as the expert in a very specific area, which in turn makes you a go-to and therefore a big fish in a small pond, hence why I've called it the big fish offer. So first and foremost, I prefer to think of niche as a niched offer rather than a niched person. It's not about an audience. It's not about defining your ideal client. It's about defining what you do for that ideal client. So it's around the specificity. That's not an easy word to say, but I think I got it right. <laughs> it's around the specificity of the service you provide to solve a specific problem which by default will mean for a specific audience, most probably. But it's not the audience that comes first. It's the offer that aligns to the priority that they have. So I'll give you an example because I know that's perhaps a slightly nuanced one to get your head around. So an example of this that a friend of mine shared with me that we were chatting when we were chatting about niching was... A marketing coach for feng shui experts. She had come across this person and that was their niche. And I just think that that is genius beyond genius. They're not a marketing coach for small business owners. They're not a marketing coach for heart-led businesses. They went right on in there 
and they identified that they were for feng shui experts. Now to break that down, what do feng shui experts struggle with? Well, they struggle to communicate the value in what they do because it's very intangible. People don't wake up one morning and go, I know what I need, I need a feng shui expert. Some might, but generally that's not what people say to themselves. So what feng shui experts need is a marketing coach that will help them communicate what they do and why it's valuable. But that's not about the audience per se. That's not about picking a particular gender or age or business size necessarily. That's a niche that is around what people want, not who they are. So the niche is around the priority for that group. That group has a particular problem in that people don't really understand their industry very well or what they do or why it's worth spending money on. So a marketing coach that will help them to do that is an absolutely spot on niche. It's a very targeted solution. It makes them a big fish in a small pond. The small pond is feng shui experts who are struggling to communicate their value. So that immediately makes them known for something very specific. They become the go-to because it is so clear what they do. They're not just a marketing coach amongst marketing coaches and that feng shui expert's got to figure out if they're going to be right for them or not. They've already told them, I am for you. That's what a brilliant niche is. I was also brainstorming with another biz friend of mine recently about her own business. She runs a digital marketing agency and digital marketing is a very broad topic, particularly given that digital marketing has become the lion's share of marketing as a discipline as a whole. When we think of marketing now, it's really around digital disciplines. So we spent time thinking about the priority of her clients. And we arrived at the idea that their priority is return on paid ads. So that allowed my good mate to get clearer on their niche, their niched offer, their big fish offer, which is around optimizing your digital marketing to maximize your ROI on paid ads. That's a much clearer niche. It accelerates people's understanding of what you'll do for them. You're not just a digital marketing agency and then they've got to figure out what you're going to do for them, how to engage with you. Oh, well, I'll get a website done. Oh, you do email marketing. Okay, we'll do a bit of that too. Oh, yeah, let's do my socials. It's Instead, it is all working towards a valuable priority and a goal that that audience has. And immediately as well, that trickles into target audience because they know in their agency that they're going to attract people who want to achieve this particular goal. They're not going to attract people who just want a nice website because that's not who they want to work with. They're going to attract people who have this focus on ROI, on the data, who want to get results. So there's going to be a good fit as well. And it makes their messaging super clear because that's what they talk to. It accelerates people's understanding of what they will do for them. It helps people to be able to recognize immediately, aha, you're for me because that specific outcome is what I want. So that's the big fish offer. It's niching around an offer 
that really sets you apart and allows you to become the go-to, to own a very specific area. Now, it is a balancing act. Obviously, you don't want to go so specific that you become only for a small handful of people, but you would have to go very, very specific to do that. Even the, the marketing coach for Feng Shui Experts has got a booming business. It sounds so specific, but there are plenty of fish out there <laughs> for him. And this has actually been a big focus for me over the past six months. Hopefully you know this. I work with designers, graphic, web and brand designers to help them create a profitable business that doesn't suck out their creative mojo at the same time. But my feeling, the thing that's been sitting in the back of my mind for a while is I just didn't feel that was big fish enough. So this year, my focus is on brand strategy, particularly. That's my niched skill set, if you like. That's what I love to talk about. That's actually what I'm particularly good at. And my focus is on being an educator and a mentor for designers who want to elevate their value through brand strategy expertise, too. So I've niched on the priority of designers who want to feel confident offering brand strategy specifically so they're valuable for their thinking as well as their designing. Your big fish offer, your niche if you like, it is a bit of a funnel. In the early days of your business, you might start quite wide, but please don't just be a graphic designer of everything. At least pick a few specific things that you offer and that you can focus in on. But you might start relatively wide and then you might just start to narrow that down as you go and you recognise where the value's at, what you love doing, what people are willing to pay you for or what people are willing to pay you the most for. So that's the first thing for me. If you're at a point in your business where you're not sure what to focus on, focus on that big fish offer. How are you going to get narrower in what you become known for, what you are the go-to for? what you are the big fish in the small pond for. And it's not just about the person. It's about the offer, the solution that you have for a particular priority that they have. Okay, that was number one. The second one is visible value. I talk about this a lot. One of my absolute passions is talking to designers and creatives about how they make themselves more valuable. It's so important to me. Making yourself more valuable, elevating your value is really the grassroots of everything. It's how you start to be able to charge more. It's how you have more respectful relationships with your clients and you create your best work. It's how you start to feel more confident in your business, decisive with your work, with boundary setting, feeling more valuable, being more valuable really is the core of everything. But that's not what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about is making that value visible. That is somewhere where you can put your energy on a regular basis, thinking about how am I demonstrating my value? What am I doing here in this piece of content to talk about what makes me valuable? That is something I think is worth putting energy into. So how do you do it? What like specific spec? How do you make your value visible? Well, first and foremost, you show yourself. I feel like I'm a broken record on this one, but people want to know who they are working with. And I still see like loads of 
graphic designers out there who do just the best work. But I couldn't find who they are for Toffee. I haven't got a clue what they're about, what they're like, what they look like, what it would be like to work with them, what they believe in, what they care about. What are they like as a person? I want to know that. I don't just want to know that about graphic designers. I want to know that about anyone I'm going to work with. And the same applies to your potential clients. They want to see you, mate. And I'm sorry. I know that that's a horrible thought for so many people. But showing yourself is like so, so important to your business. Don't be a faceless design studio. Thread you through what you do. That's you quite literally being visible. I want to see your beautiful face. People want to see your lovely face. But they also want to get a sense of who you are through your values and beliefs, what you say, how you say it, and even you know what you're into. You don't have to overstep the boundary of what feels comfortable to you. But people work with people. Clichés exist for a reason, because they are true. They are founded in solid truth. So one of the most effective ways to make your value visible is to make you visible. Start today. The other thing is to demonstrate your approach. How do you actually do it? What's your process that ensures that you deliver these valuable results? Giving an identity and naming and claiming, if you like, a process. What are the steps you go through? What is your method? What are your models? How do you do this? That brings some robustness. That brings some authority to what you're talking about. Just talking about the outcomes is one thing. Talking about how you get to those outcomes adds weight. Trust me. So demonstrate your approach. The other way to make your value visible is to have a strong opinion and a perspective. In particular, that relates to your industry, but also to your niche or your big fish offer. Don't just be vanilla. Have an opinion on what works, on what doesn't work, what the trends are, what the future is, what not to do. Having that strong opinion elevates your value. Of course, demonstrate results, case studies, testimonials, facts and figures. Put energy into proving you know what you're talking about. Demonstrate your expertise. Demonstrate what you know. What you know, but also what you think. What's your perspective? And then most importantly, be seen talking about it. I've probably said this before. In fact, I know I have. You can be valuable But if it's not visible, it's pointless. You can be the best designer with the strongest opinion that gets the most amazing results. But if you're not visible in that, if people can't see you doing it, then to some extent, it can be meaningless. Unless you've got loads and loads of referrals and that's all that you need. But even then, converting those referrals, creating that trust link between the referral And then what people's experiences when they come and seek you out is part of that process too. It's part of that journey. People may get the referral, but they still then need to be able to see your value. Choose your channels and stick to them as consistently as you can. You don't need to be everywhere, 
but you do need to be somewhere. Identify what makes you valuable, your results, your opinions, everything about you, and then start sharing that consistently in the channels that you choose. The next thing that I mentioned was conscious connection. I have talked about this. I talked about this in the rebranding of networking podcast. This for me is like the lifeblood of business in the sense of bringing you clients and bringing you leads. Conscious connection goes beyond networking, turning up at a monthly networking event. This is a way of doing business. This is a way of behaving that again is worth your energy. So when it comes to conscious connection, get out there and make human connections. Build relationships with people who could be or refer clients or who can also enhance your business. Add to your knowledge, you know, contribute to your perspective. Help you build your thinking around your business on what your big fish offer should be. Conscious connection is having relationships with adjacent creatives. So people in your industry, in our industry, who complement what you do. Reach out strategies are so important. Pitching podcasts, pitching masterclasses, pitching webinars, talking on lives with other people to access their audience. Reaching out through stories, through direct messaging, engaging with other people's content. Reaching out and saying, do you want to come for a coffee? Shall we have lunch? Shall we connect in some way? Reach out strategies are so, so central. For me, it should be like the lion's share of your marketing strategy, of your marketing plan. And then there's networking in a, I suppose, more structured way. Joining groups and communities, you know, paid groups and communities, Facebook groups, building your network, going to events, paid events, getting out there, being seen, creating connections and relationships is a huge part of business. The more ways you find to connect with more people who are relevant to your business, the more impact it will have, I promise you. And like I said, it doesn't just have to be connecting with potential clients. It can be connecting with potential referrers, adjacent businesses, for example, and also with people who will just add value to your business, who will help build the richness and the depth of the connections you have around you. And finally, there's the repeatable experience. This is important for any service-based or in fact, this is important for any business, but it's very important for service-based businesses and it's super important for designers. And it's actually a competitive advantage, I think, for designers because, let's be honest, we're not all brilliant at it. It doesn't come naturally necessarily, particularly if you've worked in a studio where there are other people who do the client relationship bit. We think we're just there to design. We think that the reason people are coming to us is to produce a design solution but they actually want more than that from us. So the point of the repeatable experience is it's so good that people would love to do it again. They're sad when it's over and they want to tell other people about it. That's the aim here. And there are two things that do that in really simple terms. The two things that create a repeatable experience are how you communicate and how you surprise and delight your clients. 
So when it comes to communication, build transparency and clarity into every step. Really challenge yourself to think about how could I make this more reassuring for the client? How can I be more transparent here? How could I keep them better informed? If you think you've hit a point where the client's probably confused or they're waiting to hear from you or they're not sure what's going on, then that's probably true and you probably need to do something about it. But rather than doing that in an ad hoc way, when it boils over, when the client starts emailing and asking questions, build it into the way that you do business. If your client always knows what's happening and what's coming next and they're clear on the rationale behind what you're doing, at every step of the way, they will be a happier client. You are creating that repeatable experience for them. They will feel good about working with you. And that just looks like regular updates, a solid paper trail, clear boundaries, so the client knows exactly where they stand. And then when it comes to the surprise and delight, it's just about being thoughtful, sending an email, at an opportune time, checking in with the client. How are they going? If you knew that they had a big event coming or they were doing something that was meaningful to them, check in, send an email. How did you go? There's things like welcome gifts and thank you gifts. They don't have to be a huge, you know, $300 hamper. That can just be something very thoughtful. But doing things that make your client feel like you're fully invested in the process will again create that repeatable experience make them feel good about it will make them want to do it all again and will make them want to tell other people about it so there you have it I guess business is about energy isn't it and it's about where you put your energy and every day we're making choices about where that energy should flow it's not in sitting in a corner producing reams and reams of carousels and reels it's in how do you create connection? How do you make your value visible? How do you build this big fish offer? And we've probably only got so much of it. It's potentially a finite resource to some extent for many of us. So making the most effective choices about where that energy goes, it's what I want to do more of, I think. So that's my thought on it. If you're unsure about where to put your energy at this point, It's in that big fish offer. It's in your visible value. It's in conscious connection. And it's in creating a repeatable experience. So that's what you could be asking yourself all the time. Is this thing that I'm doing today, is this thing that I'm planning to do this week, doing one, some or all of these things? And in particular, if you don't have that big fish offer, I think that's something that's really worth investing in. I'm feeling really into this this year. So let me know, do you feel like you're really clear on that big fish offer? Do you just hate me for saying the word niche? Do you feel like business is perfectly fine for you without doing any of these things? I don't know. This is my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. Anyway, thank you again for listening. I hope you have an amazing day, whatever it is you're doing. Have a fantastic week. And as always, I can't wait to chat to you again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. 
If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at beckhughesbranding. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Penguin Music on Pixabay.